You know, there's a lot of people in the world today that say, well, you're gathering today over a fairy tale, over an ancient story, but the reality is that there may have been a man, Jesus, but he died. You know, there's this old saying that says, the man with an argument is always at the mercy of a man with an experience. There's a little ad-lib part in this song that I love so much. It, 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 the, the original singer, she sings, I know that I know that I know because I spoke with him this morning. And I love that because people might have an argument, but anybody else in the house have an experience? Anybody in the house spoke with him this morning and you feel him in the room right now? Jesus is alive and well. Come on, do I have anybody who believes that Jesus is alive and well? Then give the Lord a praise offering this morning if you believe it and you know it. Come on. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today that we have gathered in this house around the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up you above everything else. We ask that you would continue to be with us as we navigate our way through this service today as we open your word together that you would speak to our hearts that you would transform our minds and lives in jesus name let the church say amen amen, amen. find somebody around you let them know you're glad to see them in church this morning Didn't our worship team do a wonderful job this morning? Give them a hand. So glad that we have a team who can lead us into the presence of the Lord. And on behalf of uh, our family, if you don't know me, my name is, is Pastor Jimmy and the lead pastor here at Hope City Church. And this is my beautiful wife, Sarah. And uh, we just want to welcome you to Hope City Church this morning. We're so thankful that you've worshiped with us. So I do want to remind you, if you're visiting this morning, we just want to just recognize that you're here. You can do that by scanning the barcode on the chair that's uh, in front of you. There are connect cards at Connections. You can drop them in the offering bucket on your way out or just see somebody at Connections. We just want to thank you so much for coming. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, Easter Sunday, my absolute favorite day of the year. I'm an old school Pentecostal boy and... Uh, Easter Sunday, even as a little kid, was the day. I just love to celebrate the fact that he's alive, that death was absolutely defeated. So I want to gather around the Word of God this morning as we open it. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry about that. We're going to have the words on the screen. Uh, but I want to gather around John chapter 20 and in verse 1. And I want to talk just for a few minutes today uh, about what difference the resurrection makes in our lives. How many believe the resurrection makes a difference? So I want to talk about what difference that makes. So John chapter 20, verse 1. And we're going to read a little bit about Mary. And it says this, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter, the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. Well, people say, well, who's that? Who's the one Jesus loved? Well, it's John. He's the one writing the gospel. And of course, when you can just call yourself the one that Jesus loves, why don't you? It's your book. You can put in it what you want. <laughs> 
So she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter. Who's the other disciple? John. Just, just making sure that everybody knows he outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and look, looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that they had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, John, went in and he saw and believed. I want you to pay attention to that line. He saw and he believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must uh, rise from the dead. Then they went home. Goes on to say, Mary was standing outside of the tomb and she was crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go to meet him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Jesus said, don't cling to me for I have yet, haven't yet ascended to the father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that as we have opened your word today, that we would dive into this truth and this interaction that you've had with Mary, that we could learn from her experience and how you've revealed yourself to her. And our prayer today is that you would anoint our ears to hear this word, our heart to receive it, and our feet would be anointed to walk it out moving forward. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. It's very interesting that following the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus doesn't go around and say to people, hey, I've been resurrected. No, he goes around and he tells people, I am the resurrection. As a pastor, it's my observation that there's a lot of people in life who would like to have a do-over. Have you ever wanted to have a do-over in your life? Maybe it comes to a marriage that failed or it comes to parenting and mistakes that were made along the way. And maybe it's a do-over in a career choice or you left a good job that you highly regret. Or maybe it's just some other choice that you made along the way that had some devastating consequences. And you thought to yourself, if only I could have a do-over. If only I could have a fresh start. In walks Jesus and he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. What he's saying there, he, he's saying is, I can offer you a fresh start. I can give you eternal newness. I wasn't just the resurrected, but I am the resurrection. Today, we don't just celebrate an event that happened 2,000 years ago. No, no, no. Because he's not just the resurrected, but today he stands before us as the resurrection offering new life and new hope for all who would call upon his name and ask. Do you believe that? 
It's not just past tense, but it's right now, right where you are. He is the resurrection. He says, I was dead, but I'm alive in the life that I have, you can have. He's saying, my power can work in your situation, give you a fresh start, give you a new life. But if we're going to experience that new life that Christ offers, there are some things that we have to do that I think we can pull from Mary's story that will help us. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on this Mary. First of all, let's make sure we're talking about the, about the right Mary, because there are several Marys in the Bible. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's Mary, the sister of Martha and the sister of Lazarus. But we're not talking about those Marys. We're talking about Mary Magdalene. And Mary is called Mary Magdalene because she's from a village known for, as Magdala. It's on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee. It was a resort town, so it was a very wealthy town. However, it was a very immoral town. Church history would teach us that Mary had been, prior to her encounter with Jesus, that she had been a prostitute. The Bible tells us on two occasions that Jesus actually cast seven demons out of Mary. So though Mary had come from Magdala, a wealthy town, this, this woman uh, had a checkered past. She was a woman known uh, for brokenness. She deeply understood oppression and evil really at a deep level for the fact that Jesus had to cast seven demons out of her. Are you you're glad that he didn't even have to cast one, you know? <laughs> or maybe he needs to, I don't know. But at least if he did, it doesn't get recorded for history to know. Uh, but she meets Jesus and she begins to follow with him. She follows this group of people. Really, following Jesus was more than just the 12 disciples. There was this whole group that just followed Jesus, which included the 12 disciples, wherever he went. But it's very interesting that when Jesus would rise from the grave, he would appear, appear to Mary first. Because don't forget, Peter and John had been there moments before with Mary. And he didn't bother to appear. Remember, they had looked in and they saw the linen cloth, but there were no angels. They had left and gone back to their home. Now it's Mary's turn. She looks in and suddenly there are angels that are appearing to her. Jesus had not spoken out to the other disciples, but he spoke to Mary. So I want to give us very quickly a few lessons from this interaction that Jesus had with Mary. Number one, if you're taking notes today or the thing that you should know the most is you can know about Jesus and still miss Jesus. You can know about Jesus, but still miss Jesus. You can know about him and miss completely what he's doing. You can still miss seeing him or identifying what is happening. What's interesting is on a few occasions, Jesus had told his disciples very clearly, he said, listen, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be turned over to the chief priest. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be executed. I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to rise from the grave. Actually, Jesus had said this so many times in his earthly ministry that his enemies heard about it and his enemies remembered. How do we know they remembered? Because after he died on the cross, they went to Pilate and they said, listen, this imposter had claimed multiple times that he was going to rise from the dead. So we need some soldiers at the tomb to seal it up, to make sure that the disciples don't steal his body and then try to claim that he had risen from the grave. So 
even his enemies remembered the words that he had spoken. A lot of scholars believe there could have been as many as 50 Roman soldiers guarding the tomb of Jesus. So now here's Mary. She's heard these words. She's heard the teaching of Jesus. On top of that, Mary has seen multiple miracles in the life of Jesus. She saw Jesus feed 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. So much so that they had baskets left over. She heard about Jesus walking on the water and Peter getting out of the boat to meet him. She had saw Jesus open the eyes of the blind. She had probably been there when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave and Lazarus got up from the grave and walked out. She had personally experienced the power of Jesus when he cast those seven, seven demons out of her. So this was a woman who was well acquainted with Jesus' teachings, well acquainted with his power, well acquainted with his ministry, but she completely missed what he was doing. Oh, how busy we can get. Oh, how we can assume that we know God and what he's doing and how he wants to interact with our lives, but we can know about God, but completely miss God. So on the first Easter picture of this, when Mary shows up at the tomb and the stone is rolled away and the grave clothes are laying there, it should have been a major clue <laughs> that he might have done what he said he was going to do. Should have been a major clue that, man, the, the guy that called Lazarus out of the grave might have gotten up himself. But she missed it. Don't miss resurrection. Don't miss Jesus. She doesn't remember his word. She doesn't remember his teaching. Not only does she not remember, she goes and looks inside the tomb and she sees that there are two angels there and has a conversation, conversation with them as if that's a normal thing to do. And she's like, hey, where's he at? Where did you take him? She sees an empty tomb, she sees angels, and she doesn't understand that he's been resurrected. So all of a sudden she turns and she sees Jesus standing there, but she still doesn't recognize him. And he says to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she still doesn't get it. She misses the resurrection. Why? Because as is my point today, you can know about Jesus and still miss him completely. She believed in Jesus in general, but she didn't believe the main message about Jesus. And that was, I am the resurrection. Remember, he said that after Lazarus was raised from the dead. He told Mary and Martha, not this Mary, but the other Mary, but the assumption is that this Mary was probably there. And he told Mary and Martha, you don't have to wait for Lazarus to come out. I am the resurrection. I'm here. I'm present. The main message about Jesus is that he died for our sins. He was buried in the grave and he rose up again on the third day. She didn't understand it and she didn't believe it. Mary was operating on assumptions when it came to Jesus. She was operating on the assumption that he was not resurrected. 
She was operating on the assumption that his body had been moved someplace else and that no one would tell her where it was. But I fear today that Mary's not a lot different than people today are when it comes to Jesus. That people maybe even inside the church and certainly outside the church, when it comes to Jesus, operates on a lot of assumptions. They assume that Jesus isn't real. They assume that Jesus isn't God. They assume that he was just this great moral teacher like so many others who had lived. And they assume that their opinion about Jesus is accurate. They assume that knowing Jesus personally is not important. They assume that knowing about Jesus or attending a church is just as important as knowing him personally. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it isn't. There are some things aside from the fact that he died and buried and rose again that we need to know about Jesus. And number one, you need to know that he died for our sins. There was no way that you and I could pay our sin debt. And according to the law of God, all sin had to be judged. Jesus took our place and he did it for us in love. Listen to Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you and I knew about him, he was dying for us. The Bible says he knew us from the foundations of the world. So in the scope of the full forward knowledge of God, he knew that one day we would exist. But long before we ever even had the choice or opportunity to seek him, he was pursuing us by dying on that cross. Number two, Jesus is the only way to God. All roads do not lead to heaven. That is not true. If the Bible is true, and I believe that it is, then all roads don't lead to heaven. Jesus made this statement, and it's actually very exclusive. We live in a culture that says, well, everyone must be inclusive. If you just show up at the game, you should get a trophy because we want everyone to be invited and involved. Jesus made several exclusive statements when he even said, listen, there's a road that is wide and many follow it, but the path to the kingdom of God is very small and very few people will find it. But listen to John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one one comes to the Father except through me. The apostle Paul, or the apostle said it in the book of Acts. He said, there's no other name among men given under heaven whereby we must be saved. You can only find salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And the third thing that you need to know about Jesus is that he claims that we must be born again. Jesus has this very interesting conversation with a man by the name of Nicodemus. And he says to Nicodemus, listen, I tell you the truth. Whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, he's really saying, listen up, this thing is really important. But he says, no one can see the kingdom of God, that's heaven, unless he is born again. Actually, a little bit later in the conversation, he says, uh, You must not be surprised by my saying that you must be born again. He's saying it's not optional, it's essential. So what does it mean to be born 
again. Nicodemus had the same question. He said, how can a man go back and be born from his mother again? And Jesus says, no, no, you've missed the point. So what does it mean to be born again? It's when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. When they recognize that Christ died on a cross so that we could have eternal life with him. Because the fact of the matter is we will have eternal life. We were created as spirits. We live in a human body. One day your human body will die, but your spirit will live on for eternity. Jesus died to fix where you will spend that eternity. He didn't die so that we could ride around in million dollar cars and million dollar homes. And, you know, that's not what he died for. He died so that we, he could fix the sin problem that we could have our eternity secure with him. So we will Live forever one way or the other. But Jesus says, but when you believe in me, your eternity will be in heaven. Preacher said, I don't like to talk about this, but the other place is hell. The Bible doesn't say that hell is this world and, you know, everything that you're going through. The Bible describes hell as a place of eternal torment and damnation and darkness and fire. The Bible says there's gnashing of teeth. So what does it mean to be born again? means you put your faith in him for eternal life. means you become a brand new person on the inside. means he revives your spirit and it becomes new. Mary didn't understand that you can know about Jesus and still miss him. You can be near Jesus and not see Jesus. Remember in verse 14, it says, at this she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? She thought he was the gardener and said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Why didn't she recognize him? Some will say, well, she was so overly filled with grief. And oftentimes when people are filled with grief, they don't think clearly. But I don't really think that's Mary's issue here because... In the moment, it wasn't that, at least at that moment that she was overcome with grief, she was kind of irritated with people. Like even when she's talking to the angel, she's got a little bit of an attitude about her. She's like, where did you take him? What did you do? Even when she turns to Jesus thinking he's the gardener, she's like, would you just tell me where you put him? She just did not recognize him because she was close to him, but didn't see him. The same thing happens to people all of the time. We can be close but not see him. Why? You can't see Jesus unless you see him through the eyes of faith. She's looking naturally. She's remembering his crucifixion. But faith would step in and say, he claimed he would rise from the dead. Now the tomb is empty. Surely he must be alive. Mary missed his resurrection in a big way. She was close to him. She knew him, but she missed him. Today, Jesus is alive and well. Your Bible says that though he doesn't walk the earth in bodily form because he stood with his disciples after his resurrection, he says, listen, I'm gonna go to the right hand of my father. I'm gonna go and prepare a place for you. 
But he said, I'm going to do a tag team handoff with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to come on the earth. And the Holy Spirit will be my helper. He'll be your helper. He'll communicate from God to you. He'll, he'll lead you and guide you when you worship and you feel the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, it's actually better that I go because I'm here in one physical form. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at all times. But the Bible says that though Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit was sent to the earth, it says that it will not end there. After Jesus ascended to heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the disciples were standing there bewildered. I mean, the resurrection was powerful enough. And now they see Jesus just go up into the sky. In verse 11, he's, the angel says, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Well, that's a dumb question. <laughs> because Jesus just floated like up. I'd be standing and watching for a long time. I love the way that angels communicate with people. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday, everybody say someday. someday. He will return from heaven the same way that you saw him go. Resurrection is a powerful part of the Christian story. It offers that to us the promise that when we close our eyes on this people planet, death is not the end for us. It's not the end. Death loses its sting. But it's still not where the story ends. Because Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to make a place for you. And the angel said, listen, the same way you saw him go, get ready because he's coming that way again. And that promise still rings true for the church today. The return of Jesus is still on the way. And my plea for us today is that just like Mary missed Jesus at his resurrection, you would not be found missing him at his return. But that we would be standing ready. Do you remember it said when John looked in, he saw and believed. He saw, and but he didn't have a conversation with an angel. He didn't see Jesus appear as a gardener. He just saw and he believed because he remembered this is what Jesus said would happen. I saw it, now I believe it. Today, God gives us the opportunity and team, you can come to see and believe. You will leave this earthly planet one way or the other. Either your physical body will at some point fail you and give out. And at that moment, you will have to live for eternity with whatever decision you made while you were on the earth. Or Jesus comes and the Bible says he raptures his church away. Next Sunday, we're actually starting a message series called The End. And we're going to do a study in what the Bible says about the return of Christ and how we can live ready, how we can prepare, how we can acknowledge that the story of the gospel's not over, not by a long shot. But the Bible also says that tomorrow 
is promised to no man. So I could say, well, come and hear a sermon series on the return of Christ. But I can't promise that we'll all be here. So how you can live ready and not miss him is by in a moment putting your faith in what Jesus did on the cross and putting your faith that he resurrected from the grave. The Bible makes it plain. It says you just believe in what he said. Believe in what he said. One of the things that he said is all who would call upon my name, I will save them, I will hear, I will answer, and I will save them from their sin. I will make them new inside. I'll give them a do-over. I'll give them a fresh start. I'll make it where they can have a brand new beginning. So if everyone could just bow their heads and just honor the solemnness of this moment. I'm going to extend an invitation for anybody in the room, anyone watching online with us today. If you aren't sure, that when you leave this planet, you know where you will be. We can fix that right now. We can fix that right now. Because to know about him is not enough. To know him and to accept him and believe in him is what is required. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I just want you to slip your hand up. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. I just want to acknowledge that you're making this decision today. And all we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer and we're all going to pray it in response together. Because the Bible says that prayer is how we communicate to God. It's just simply talking to God. The Bible says if you pray that prayer and you believe it in your heart, then you will be as sure for heaven as if you're already there. That you can live in the confidence that you don't just know about Jesus and go to church every once in a while, but you believe in Jesus. You are intimately acquainted with him. In this moment, you can make the decision that will affect your eternity. So don't worry about the person behind you or beside you. When I count to three, eternity waits for you. When I count to three, I just want you to slip your hand up with every head bowed. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I see you. 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 Just keep them up. I see you. I see you over here. I see you over here. Even if you're watching online, just keep your hand up. We're going to pray this prayer together. I want you to pray this with all of your heart if this is your first time praying this prayer. I want you to say, Father, I sit here before you now and I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. My sin has separated me from you. But Jesus made a way when he paid the price on that cross. And Jesus secured eternal life for me when he rose from the grave. I accept his free gift and I'm saved. Be my God.
and not be your people. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I'm free in Jesus' name because I'm saved. I'm saved. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. Come on, that was the best decision that you could ever make. The best decision that you could ever make. Now it doesn't stop here. You know what church is about? It's not a country club. It's not a social network. It's a group of people who've made that decision. And that says, now I've made a radical life-changing decision. I've given my life to God. And now I got to figure out how to make my life match what the Bible says it can be. And it's a good life. It's a great life. So that's why we gather on weekends. That's why we gather at Bible studies because we want to live our life to the fullest. So I encourage you, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you continue to join us. And I also want to encourage you, if you scan the barcode on the chair in front of you and you go to the Know God tab or Stop By Connections, we have a free gift we just want to put in your hands that will just help you connect uh, on this, this journey of faith. Amen? Amen. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship the Lord together.
took all our shame Left it in the grave We're forgiven We're forgiven The work forever done Only by the blood It is finished It is finished You took all our shame Left it in the grave We're forgiven We're forgiven The work forever done Only by the blood about our faith is that I, you know I've been in church for decades I won't tell you exactly how long but decades and no matter what the Word of God is living and I always learn something I'm so thankful for our pastors that they cultivate that and they and they're able to bring it in so I just want to uh, thank Pastor James and our team for just everything they do everything they do um, and I just want to bless you guys today as you go I'm here to close this out again Pastor James talked about the new message series starting next week. We hope to see you here. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Um, I don't have any specific prayer requests, but we are going to pray as we close out, and I will do that here shortly. But I didn't want to leave today without giving you the opportunity to give. And if this is not your home, your your church home, that, that doesn't mean I expect you to give today. That I'm talking to our people. Um, <laughs> If this is your church home, we just ask that you you guys know how to do this. But uh, there's boxes at each, either door with envelopes. There's the QR code that we talked about. And then you can always text to number 84321. Um, this is not a pressure. We know that the Lord provides. And we just, we want to give you that opportunity because the, the scripture tells us that we are to give and, and pay our tithes. So I just give you that opportunity to do that today. James said, do it. So, um, okay, so I'm going to pray and then... Also, if anybody needs prayer, we don't want to leave that, um, leave that off today at the end of service. There's always somebody here to pray for you. Even though it's Easter, we'll stay and we'll pray. The ham can wait. So if you need prayer today, we just ask that you would come forward. If there are people up here receiving ministry, we just ask that you take your conversation out into our lobby. There's lots of goodies and snacks out there. 
so that people can just connect with God. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. We thank you for this day. We're so celebratory in our hearts. We're not leaving this service somber, Lord, because we know that you have won. You have won and we are free in Jesus' name. So Lord Jesus, we just, again, we crown you king. We say that you are Lord of our hearts and our lives. And we just don't, this isn't just lip service today, God. We go out of here today knowing that we are your children that we are called by your name and we are called to be bringers of light and love into this world. And so we take that commission seriously. We take the commission of, of, of bringing you and representing you seriously. And today, Lord Jesus, we just know that it is, it is a living, breathing faith that we have in you. And Jesus, we just honor you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I bless these people. I bless their families. I bless their gatherings today as they gather with their family, that they would have the words to speak life in Jesus' name, that there would be no anxiety over these gatherings, that we would just breath of fresh air in Jesus' name. You are dismissed. Amen. Go with God. Thank you. Again, if you need prayer.